Today is Friday, October 20th, and you're listening to the Morning Announcements presented by Betches Media. I'm your host, Amanda Duberman, in for Sammy Sage, and the Morning Announcements is your daily five-minute breakdown of the headlines that isn't afraid to take a side and roast the most consequential reality show there is, our government. This episode is brought to you by Quince. Quince has become my go-to destination for high-quality, everyday basics at affordable prices sourced from ethical factories. Items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands because Quince cuts the costs of the middleman, passing the savings on to us. So check out their incredible pieces at quince.com slash morning for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. Unfortunately, we have only incremental updates in the effort to get aid into Gaza. Yesterday, the United Nations called for a, quote, immediate humanitarian ceasefire between Israel and Hamas to ensure the safe crossing of aid following an agreement forged by the U.S. between Israel and Egypt. Aid trucks were reportedly still lined up outside the Rafah crossing, waiting for permission to enter throughout Thursday. President Biden suggested the delays owed to road repairs necessary to repair damage caused by Israel's strikes, and a source told ABC News that those repairs were taking longer than anticipated. An official also told the outlet that the administration was figuring out how and if Americans could also be evacuated through that same route when it opens. An official with the World Health Organization said on Thursday that they were working with aid groups on the ground and were hopeful aid would be delivered on Friday, though they said it would be a drip in the bucket compared to what's needed. In a rare primetime address from the Oval Office last night, President Biden made his case for why Americans should support significant military aid to Israel and Ukraine. This comes ahead of the administration's request that Congress pass $1 billion in aid that would fund military support to Israel and Ukraine while increasing resources for Taiwan and at the U.S.'s border with Mexico. This ask comes a few weeks after the House of Representatives failed to include $24 billion in aid to Ukraine in a bill to keep the government funded and, of course, amid Israel's war with Hamas. Now let's talk about the speaker vote, which is, of course, still, still speaker voting. After losing a second vote for the Speaker of the House earlier this week, Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio briefly tried to make the future of the House of Representatives someone else's problem yesterday. That was before Republicans insisted that the man they have repeatedly rejected beg for their support at least one more time. This came after Jordan said he'd abandon his plans to become Speaker for now and instead said he'd support a resolution to empower the temporary Speaker, Representative Patrick McHenry of North Carolina to lead on a longer term yet still interim basis so that the House could function enough to move forward with timely legislation. But empowering McHenry, it poses a few untenable problems for Republicans, including cooperation with Democrats. And the thought of bipartisan compromise is apparently more objectionable to congressional Republicans than not having a stable line of succession to the presidency during multiple unfolding wars. Republicans balked at the proposal and Jim Jordan backtracked it. He said the plan to empower McHenry was scrapped and that he'd make another attempt at the gavel in a third vote. The Ohio congressman said that third vote was planned for 10 a.m. today and noted that he needed more time to talk to his detractors before ushering in his next round of humiliation. Republicans did say after a meeting late Thursday that Jordan still hadn't earned enough support to win in a third vote. Several told reporters that they'd received death threats for failing to support Jordan for speaker in earlier votes. I just threatening a sitting member of Congress, imagine committing a federal felony to sim for a disgraced former wrestling coach who failed upwards. Summing up the degree of the discord among the party, one Republican congressman from Nevada joked, quote, there ain't 217 votes for Jesus, Mary and Joseph in there on any subject. I couldn't help but wonder, have they tried borrowing some votes from the theocratic Supreme Court? I am sure they can find at least six for that trio he mentioned. 
let's cross coast for a moment. I think we need to. Senator LaFonza Butler, who was appointed by California Governor Gavin Newsom to complete Senator Dianne Feinstein's term following her death, has announced she will not enter the race to win the seat for another term in 2024. In an interview, Butler, the former head of Emily's List, said she'd realized just 16 days into her time in the Senate that working in the chamber was, quote, not the greatest use of my voice, though she plans to be, quote, the loudest and proudest champion of California in the 383 remaining days of her term. Yeah, I I think it would also take me less than three weeks to realize I didn't want to eat lunch in a cafeteria across from Mitch McConnell. Though Governor Newsom had said previously he intended to appoint someone who would not seek re-election, Butler's announcement is a significant development in the crowded race for California Senate. Democratic members of Congress Katie Porter, Adam Schiff, and Barbara Lee are all campaigning for the seat. Good for Senator Butler for being self-aware enough to know when to call it. Which makes me think maybe she should actually spend a little bit more time around Mitch McConnell. Finally today, a key co-defendant in Donald Trump's Georgia election interference case has pleaded guilty to reduce charges in exchange for her cooperation in the state's anti-racketeering case. Sidney Powell, whose role in the Insurrection Cinematic Universe was to theorize that Bill Clinton, George Soros, and the CIA had coordinated with the ghost of Hugo Chavez to hack voting machines, pleaded guilty to six misdemeanors on Thursday, while she previously faced six felonies. Powell will serve six years of probation and pay a $6,000 fine. This is this is successive sixes. I don't know. Does that mean anything? I don't know. But more notably, she's the closest and most high-profile ally to Trump who has agreed to testify against co-defendants in future trials. Powell was present for key White House meetings between the election and insurrection when the former president and his allies discussed wacky strategies for staying in power. This was even after Trump's own legal team distanced themselves from her. Powell's testimony could also influence Jack Smith's federal case if it suggests that Trump knew the claims of election fraud were unfounded, but pursued them anyway. As part of the deal, Powell will also have to write an apology letter to the state of Georgia. Listen, if you owe someone an apology today, soothe yourself with the knowledge that you've never had to apologize for an entire state. Unless you're Aaron Rodgers' Achilles tendon, then I'm going to need you to apologize to an entire state. I was assured by my producer that this sports joke does work. Thank you for listening to the morning announcements brought to you by Betches Media. And thanks again to our partner, Quince. Quince is my favorite new place to purchase high quality everyday basics at affordable prices sourced from ethical factories. Their items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands because Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. So check out their awesome pieces at quince.com morning for free shipping on your order at 365 day returns. Until next week, I'm Amanda Duberman and now you know what the fuck is going on. Batches.